You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all bear with me as I set the table, and I'm going to go ahead and warn you this message today. Y'all know how I get sometimes. It'll be pretty prophetic after I set the table because God is speaking some things, amen, in this season and where we are as the body of Christ. You know, so we're in our new series, and I'm calling it New Doors. And of course, this stems from the season that we are stepping into in the Hebraic calendar, Rosh Hashanah. It started Friday and it ends tonight. We have now entered the new year on God's calendar, not man's calendar. How many of you know we go by a Galgorian calendar, which is January through December, but God is on a different calendar. Amen. So on God's calendar, we have gone from 5783 and stepped into 5784. The big difference with man's calendar versus God's calendar is that God's calendar speaks to us prophetically. Amen. Man's calendar doesn't speak to us prophetically, but God's calendar speaks to us prophetically. And I want to say this, the Hebrew language is very complex and it's different than ours. Numbers and letters mean things. Letters and numbers are also pictures of things that are going on. And this is one way that God speaks to us, his people. Amen. For those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Jesus says that over and over again. Can I just say this too, that God loves a seeker. God loves people who will seek him. God loves people who will turn off the TV and crack open the Bible and do a Bible study. Come on. Or will pray and seek the face of God. Come on. God loves people who try to find him because those who try to find them, he will reveal himself on great levels to that individual. Amen. So the way this works is that the numbers and the letters are tied together. So the way that we would break down God's calendar on 5784 is this. Five is the number of grace in the Hebrew. Seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And four is the number, uh, is the number for doors or dalit. The fourth letter in the Hebrew language is the dalit. This is very significant and we'll break this down more as we go throughout our weeks in this series. But its simplest form is the word door and it's actually a picture of a door on a tent that has been opened. Dalit is a tent door that, has, that is on a place of habitation. This is the same word and picture that is used in the tabernacle and the door of the sanctuary, which in its truest form was an open invitation to the presence of God. Oh man, we're going to get to that shortly. The Dalit is also a picture of somebody bowing low and humble in posture. One meaning or usage of the word is impoverished, meaning that it is somebody or something that knows they are in need. Come on, somebody. It is a sign of humility. Four is the number of earth. This is letting us know that God is getting ready to sow something into the earth. There is an open door between the heavenly realm and the earth realm. And those of us who are prepared in this next season are fixing to receive something from the Lord. Come on, somebody. Come on. Y'all getting excited yet? You ought to. Because he is in heaven, but he is opening a portal. He is opening a door in this next season where he is telling us that heavenly things can have an easy transference into the earth realm and into earthly things that we can have them manifest to make a difference in the world around us. Amen. 
On the fourth day, God created the sun and the moon. And the sun and the moon, of course, control light. The Bible says he put a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. He placed the stars in the sky on the fourth day as well. So the fourth day was about shining light. Hey, uh, but not only that, the sun and the moon and the stars help us to know times and seasons. Come on, God is getting ready to shine the light on some of you. Come on, I said God is getting ready to shine a light on some of you that have felt hidden in 5783. But God is getting ready to shine a light on you in 5784. Come on, the timing and the season of this coming out party is now. Some of y'all been doing things in the shadow and God is getting ready to let you have your light shine. Come on, some of y'all been serving and you ain't been saying nothing. But God is getting ready to let your light shine. Come on, some of y'all been praying fervently and don't nobody know it because you lock yourself in a room by yourself and you ain't got to tell nobody but you pray and you seek the face of God and those who have sought him in secret are getting ready to get rewarded in the open y'all better talk back to me come on God is getting ready to put some light on some of us amen it's the light that becomes like food and brings the increase to the seed amen so the Dalit refers to light and timing it's very important that we be sensitive in the season that we are now in. It is very important in the season that we are entering that we are sensitive. Amen. If not, we may miss a door or a window of opportunity. Ah, there it is. Come on, if we're going to be talking about doors over the next couple of weeks and we really want to get a hold of this, you need to understand what God is talking about when he uses that word door or the word dalit. If you're taking notes, here it is. Doors are opportunities. Oh, y'all missed a good time to shout. I said doors are simply opportunities. Come on, can I say this? God creates opportunities, but he does not seize them. God creates opportunities. God will open the door. God will put the door in front of you. But it is not God's job to seize the opportunity. It is not God's job to walk through the door. God places the door in front of you, and it is up to you whether you will walk through the door and receive what is on the other side of the door and receive that blessing and receive that opportunity from God. The Bible says this in Ephesians, that God has prepared good works for you that you, watch this, should walk in them. Hey, there it is. Come on. That you should walk in them. God has written out your destiny, a.k.a. your destination. God, can I just say, God is more concerned with the end game and not how you get there. God is more concerned with the end game and not how you get there. By the way, the end game is to be conformed to the image of his son. It's what you are predestined, predetermined to do. It's that you would be conformed and shaped and molded into the image of Christ the longer that you walk on earth until his return. It's the purpose of Christianity. Don't let anybody lie to you. That is why you were put on the face of the earth. 
so that you could be conformed and shaped and molded into the image of Christ so that you could love like him, so that you could forgive like him, so that you could heal the sick like him, so that you could walk this earth and fulfill destiny and purpose and love people and love God's creation and love God and be in relationship with him like Jesus was in relationship with the Father. The Bible says that they were one. Jesus said it over and over. The Father and I are one. And his prayer in John 17 is that you would become one with him as he has become one with the Father. It is the whole purpose of saying yes to him. Come on, can I say this? Destinies are meant to be discovered. God establishes destiny, but it's up to you to discover it. God establishes the destination where he's trying to get you to, but it'll be up to you how you get there. God is interested with the finished product. That's why he starts there. The Bible says that he's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He knows the, the end from the beginning. Come on, somebody. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. God doesn't start a thing until he finishes a thing. And I'll say this too before we move on. But the Holy Spirit working in junction with your spirit who knows the real you is trying to get you somewhere. The Holy Spirit is your GPS in life. And the Holy Spirit is the one who will get you to your destiny. Y'all do know how GPSs work, right? Come on, it tells you the fastest and the quickest route to get to your destination. But how many of you know some of us are knuckleheads? Come on, somebody. And we think we're smarter than that lady Siri that be talking to us. And you take a right turn and a left turn, and next thing you know, you don't know where you at. But how many of you know if you just begin to listen to her again? And she says, make a U-turn here. Come on, turn left here, turn right here. She'll get you right back on track. Can I just encourage you this morning that that's how the Holy Spirit does too. Come on. God is more interested with your destiny and your destination, not how you get there. Because some of us, we're going to take wrong turns. We're going to go left when we're supposed to go right. We're going to go right when we're supposed to go left. We're not going to listen when he tells us to turn around at times. But God in his grace and in his mercy is good enough and strong enough and willing enough to get you right back on course. All it's going to take is you to listen to that spirit and that small still voice on the inside of you that will always get you right back on track amen can I say this miracles don't happen at the door we're talking about doors but but miracles don't happen at the door God is saying this will be a season of new doors and new opportunities but it'll still be up to you whether you walk through them come on and let me say this too doors don't stay open forever Doors don't say, stay open forever. There's an old saying, seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the lifetime of the opportunity. Seize the opportunity of a lifetime in the opportunity of a lifetime. I'll probably, let me talk about the, the types of doors here that we're going to be discussing over the next couple of weeks. Y'all still with me? I'm, I'm still kind of setting the table. Give me just a second. But uh, I'll, I'll probably turn these, these seven doors that I'm about to mention to you into messages over the next couple of weeks. They'll all be different. Don't worry. You need to come back to church. I'm not preaching the same message every week. Amen. But one thing you need to know and recognize while maneuvering in God's kingdom realm is this, that things that are happening in the physical world are usually a reflection of what's happening in the spiritual world. Paul says it like this, it's first the physical and then the spiritual. 2020 was the year of the mouth on the Hebrew calendar. 
And then what happened? The enemy tried to shut us down and mask us up. Amen. When God has a word in season, that is what's going on. So watch this and think about this. If it happens in the physical first, then it happens in the spiritual. Let's just take a look for a couple of minutes at some types of doors. Some doors have to be pushed open. Some doors have to be pushed open. AKA, I've given you the land, now go and possess it. I'm going to mess y'all up over the next six weeks. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know. Some doors need keys. Y'all have heard me, if you've been here any amount of time, you've heard me preach on the keys of the kingdom. I'm writing a book on it right now. But some doors, you will not get on the other side of them without keys. Some, some of us, we're praying for things and God's sitting up there like, I've given you the key. Just pull, just pull out your key and you'll get on the other side of the door. I ain't got time to mess with that. Watch this. Some doors are presence doors. Y'all ever been to Walmart or the grocery store? It don't open until you get there. That's that destiny stuff that I'm going to hammer home in a couple of weeks. Come on. Some doors only open up at certain times. Vaults. Because there's precious things behind the doors. Come on. Some doors only open vertically. Some doors open horizontally. Those doors that open vertically are those heavenly God doors. Some doors that open uh, horizontally, those are earthly doors. Come on. Some doors only open when someone knocks and rings the bell. Come on, somebody. Meaning that that door is not going to open until you get God's attention, a.k.a. keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. God doors or great doors here. I'm really going to get y'all excited on this one. God doors and great doors, they come with enemies. I got one person that got it. You cannot expect to have an exceptional life with ordinary battles. Can I just say this? God has an exceptional life for each and every one of us in the room. Amen. Can I just say that? Goliath announces that the shepherd's fixing to turn into a king. Let's look at the five doors from 5784. And y'all know me. Y'all know that I'm a word guy. I like to teach and preach. I like to treat. Come on, somebody. And so the doors, the five doors that God showed me through the word, this isn't like some opinion. This isn't something I felt. This isn't something I heard. But the five doors from 5784, when you go to the word, this is what God gave me. Amen. The five, there are five doors that God is going to open up for sure that is going to affect us in new ways. There is what is called and known as the law of first mentions when you study the Bible. Meaning that the first time that something is mentioned, it is very important and it is very significant. It is very important and it is very significant that we ought to be paying attention to. Now this is going to mess y'all up, but I'm going to do it anyways. 
So the first time that the door was that a door was mentioned was in Genesis chapter four. Let's read it. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, when she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn. That's key. The firstborn. Abel brings the first fruit not the leftovers of his flock in their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will it not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. And its desire is for you, but that you should rule over it. In the next verse, the first murder happens on the face of the earth where Cain kills his own brother Abel. He is warning us in this next season. If you get envious and jealous of other people's doors and favor in this next season, it is going to disqualify you from yours. Come on. Murder entered his heart over jealousy and envy of his brother. God warned him that Satan is creeping at your door. Sin is creeping at your door. The deceiver is creeping at your door. And if you aren't on guard, you're going to fall into his trap. Can I just say this? In this next open door season, we need to be on guard for the great move of God that is about to happen because Satan does not like it. Let me say that again. We have to be on guard because Satan does not like what he is sensing in the spirit realm. Satan does not like what he is sensing in the spirit realm. Come on. Satan does not like it that there's a great move of God on the way. He does not like it that there's an open door in your next season that God has declared this for the people of God. Not just one, not just a crowd, but this is the season. This is the year of the open door. So Satan does not like that. The enemy does not like that. He's mad. He's upset. He wants to keep you from it. He wants to keep us away from what God has for us. He wants to try to disqualify you from your next. He wants to take you out. Come on. Satan isn't original. Can I just say that? He he isn't creative. How many of you know Satan knows how to read? (laughs) Satan knows how to read. He can read them letters. And he can read them numbers on God's calendar just like we can. And so he knows that there is new levels. He knows that there is new doors. He knows that there is new access. He that is available to God's children. So you better stay on guard. And we as the church better stay on guard. Because he's going to try to do everything to destroy you. He's going to try to do everything to keep you from your necks. He's going to try to do everything to keep you from the glory and the access that is freely and readily available to you in this next season. He is going to try to mimic God in this next season. He is going to put up some doors in front of you. He will put up sin and temptation in front of the door that God has for you so that you can stumble and fall before you can walk through the threshold. And I'm going to say this, too, and this will probably be a little bit controversial, but that's all right. I get into trouble all the time. (laughs) Satan in this next season is going to even try to put good doors in front of us. He's going to try to put good doors in front. Well, well, Pastor, what in the world do you mean? 
He's the father of lies. In him, there is no good. He, he doesn't do anything good. Well, let me put it like this. Good doors aren't always God doors. Some good doors aren't always God doors. Satan is okay with you walking through good doors because good doors will keep you busy. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Good doors can distract you. That new job might, not, might look good, but is it God? Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, that new house might look good, but it's all that debt that it's going to put you in God. C come on, that new relationship might look good. Come on, she might be fine, but is it God? Come on, that new ministry got some glitz and glamour and then the new hottest thing in town. Come on, and they're telling you about how good and how gifted you are. But is it God? Is that where God has called you to be? Amen. Y'all catching what I'm throwing down today? Satan is okay with you walking through good as long as it keeps you from God. Satan is good with you walking through good as long as it keeps you from God. Because when you walk through a God-sized door, all of hell will begin to tremble. When you walk through a God-sized door and a God-sized relationship, fruit can be on the other end of it. Come on. When you walk through the God job, you'll be able to minister to the individual who's on the assembly line next to you and they can change their eternal destination because you're representing Christ and you're doing the right thing. Now, come on. I'm trying to tell you this morning that if you walk through the God door, there is something on the other side of it that will challenge you and change you forever. Come on, when you begin to walk in a level of, when you walk through a God-sized door, you begin to walk through a level of destiny and an assignment that shakes hell. Come on, you can populate heaven and begin to plunder hell. Come on, somebody, God has a door for you this morning. Don't let the enemy distract you in your next season with good things or shiny things, but be sensitive to the move of God. Amen? Let's move on. Let me give you the four other doors that are mentioned that give us access in this season. Number one, the next door I want to mention is the sanctuary and the tabernacle. Come on. This is the, the, the next door that is mentioned within the scriptures. And it is the tabernacle of God. It is the meeting place of God. It is where the Ark of the Covenant and the glory and the presence of God. It is where the weighty presence of God is. Y'all ain't helping me preach. Because I'm telling you this morning that that next door that is mentioned and the door that God wants to give us access to this year is the door of the sanctuary. God is inviting you to a holy habitation and he is saying, come into the house of God and let me talk to you. Come into the house of God. There is an open door. There is an open invitation. There is an open heaven. There's a new level. There's a new door. There's more access. There's more of God ready and available. Come into this church and coming to sanctuaries across the nation of America. Come on, it isn't just limited to the legacy church, but God is saying in the house of God and in the sanctuary of God, I'm getting ready for a visitation. Come on, I'm getting ready to come and visit my people. I'm getting ready to take the barrier out of the way. I'm getting ready to drop deep revelation on the people of God who will seek me in the secret place and who will come and be a part of a great move of God. I'm telling you that there is an open invitation from heaven this morning and in this next season that says meet me in the sanctuary meet me in the house of God come on there's going to be something special that takes place in 5784 when we gather under one banner named Jesus Christ come on I ain't talking about denomination
denominations, assembly of God, church of God, church of Christ, none of that. No, if we will fly under the banner of Jesus Christ, he will meet us in this place. Not, not just here. This is a word from the word, a word in season. A word from Rosh Hashanah that God is speaking to his people. And yes, I am talking about corporately in the house of God. It's not limited to that. Give me a second. I got two more. But I'm telling you right now in this next season that God is getting ready to do some miraculous things when people gather in buildings like this and lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. It ain't about preachers and worship team. Did you see what happened in here today? Did you hear what? Have you heard the testimonies that have been coming forth from this house? That's two cancer healings in two weeks. Somebody better give God praise. Come on, stand up on your feet and worship the living God because he's ready to meet people in the sanctuary. He's ready to open up the door. He's got it open. There's an open invitation that says, come and let me visit you. I want to dwell with you. I want to be with you. There's an open invitation, but will you just cross over the door? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here we go. My next one is this, doors to the dwelling place. The next mention of doors in the scripture is to the dwelling place of the home. Ah, there it is again. I'm getting excited. The next door that is mentioned is the tents of the dwelling places of the children of Israel as they were out in the wilderness. He was in the sanctuary, but he was also telling them to open the doors of your tent because I'm ready to come in and spend time with you. Come on, in this next season, I'm telling you, you need to gather your children in your living room and you need to turn on some worship music and you need to start praying and you need to start singing and you need to start praising and train your child up in the way. And when they are old, they shall not depart from it. Why? Because they had an encounter with the Lord, with their mom and with their dad in the living room. And even when the drugs try to get a hold of them they'll say I can't I can't do it I got I gotta go back to the Lord even when the women and the men start calling no I've been raised up in the way I've had an encounter with the Lord in 5784 with my mom and with my dad in the living room oh my God I'm telling you that God is getting ready to meet parents and children in the living room of their home and in the bedrooms of their children go ahead and start anointing all the rooms in your house because you're getting ready for a visitation in 5784 break out the oil start praying over your kids before they go to school the school can't have them our kids are going into the schools and taking back the schools in Jesus name we got to start anointing we got to start praying we got to start praising with our kids because God is getting ready in this next season to meet you at your house he's getting ready to meet you at your house let me give you this third one real quick hallelujah doors of government hallelujah Oh, and I ain't trying to get political, but y'all better hear me out today. Nehemiah was rebuilding the city and the gates and the doors of the temple. And those gates represent government because government represents order. Nehemiah came to get some things in order. And let me start with this. God is getting ready to put some order back in the church. Come on, somebody. I said God is getting ready to put some order back in the church. He's going to establish it with his prophets and apostles. Come on. Lines of order and government will be this year. There will be a new alignment with the fivefold ministry. 
ministry. God is frustrated with this nonsense of too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Come on. God is getting ready to reestablish the fivefold ministry and his true fivefold ministry and get us back into alignment where people can be submissive to the man and the woman of God because they're being submissive to God. Amen. Come on, somebody. There, there, there needs to be no breach in the oil anymore. Come on. The oil that was poured out on Aaron's head, it was supposed to flow from the top of his head all the way down to the ends of his robe. Come on. There doesn't need to be a breach in the oil and God is getting ready in this alignment and in this year where there will not be a breach in the oil anymore, but that it will flow from the head all the way down to the bottom of the robe. Hallelujah. He's getting ready for the church to get back into alignment under his government. By the way, that's his government. Pastors didn't set that up. Prophets didn't set that up. Apostles didn't set that up. Teachers didn't set that up. No, that was God's alignment and government that he established. And he said, this is how I want it to go. Come on. He's getting ready to remove Jezebels out of the church. Hallelujah. Come on. Jezebels who are always trying to assert the authority and take the throne themselves. Come on. Then you know what he's going to do? I don't believe he's going to stop with church government. I believe God's about to do something with some new doors and some new opportunities in Washington and local politics as well. I'm not telling you right now that I've heard this from the Lord, but I am telling you right now, don't be surprised if it ain't Biden or Trump in that office in the next. You understand that this year will, will not end until the new elected president is in. So, so I, I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just telling you this is a season and a year of new doors. So I wouldn't be surprised if God gets both of them out of there and he establishes something new. Because there's some, so there, let me just say this, there's a lot of people that have hunger for God and God is getting ready to rise up the people of God and put them in government, put them in the sheriff's office, put them in the mayor's office. I ain't just stopping with Washington. Y'all better pay attention to local politics because I, I just had a run-in with them a couple years ago. I didn't know nothing about it, but your local vote matters too. We need to be putting the people of God. I, sat, I was at a prayer meeting uh, yesterday with Janice Bolin, our senator for this state. And she's a woman. She prayed down fire from heaven yesterday. I said, bless God, you getting ready to send some more Janice Bolins into Washington. We need some more people of God that will stand up and stop all this craziness and stop all this nonsense. People trying to play God and act crazy and indoctrinate children. I'm sick of it. Can I just say that? Is that okay to say in church? I'm sick of it. It's dangerous. It's horrific. We're taking the most, the, the, the most palatable mind on the face of the earth, and we've got wicked people who are trying to warp it and confuse it. Oh, my God. I, I, I get it. We as Christians, we're like, man, we need to stay out of politics and all of that stuff. I'm like, trust me, I, I hear your heart, and I get it. But if we don't go in, it's never going to shift. The church and the people of God got to rise up. We got to rise up, not just in Washington, but local government as well. So that was the, oh, that was the third one. And here's the, this was good. Thank you, Lord. Second Kings 12 and 9. I'm about to lose my mind and then I got to hurry. Then Jehadiah, the priest, took a chest 
bored a hole in its lid and set it beside the altar on the right side as one comes into the house of the Lord. And the priest who kept the door put all the money and brought it into the house of the Lord. So it was whenever they saw that there was much money in the chest that the king's scribe and the high priest came up and put it in bags and counted the money that was found in the house of the Lord. Then they gave the money which had been appointed into the hands of those who did the work. They had just rebuilt the temple, y'all. So they put the money in the hands of those who did the work and who had oversight on the house of the Lord. And they paid it out to the carpenters and the builders who worked on the house of the Lord and to the masons and the stonecutters and for buying timber and hone stone uh, to repair the damaged house of the Lord and all that was paid out to repair the temple. Do you want to know what the next door was that was mentioned in scripture? It was the doors of the treasury. And some of y'all ain't as excited as you need to be. Because some of us are fixing to get real excited in this next season because don't miss this. The Bible just told you those who did the work in the house of God, those carpenters, come on, those builders, those people that would labor, come on, those people who got their butts off the pews and got up and did something. Come on, somebody got up and served, got up and got to that parking lot with a smiling face and welcome all the visitors that was coming in. Come on, those people that cleaned the toilets, come on, those people that painted and did all the work in the sanctuary come on those people who were faithful in their giving and in their tithing what happened was that God said I'm gonna open up the doors of the treasury come on and I'm gonna pour out a blessing on them that heaven can't hold come on some of you who have been faithful those of you who have been faithful in your giving and your tithing and your offering and your serving and giving even when it hurt to give God is getting ready to open up a door in 5784 come on somebody that says I am going to bless those who have Bless the work of God. Bless the hands of God. Those people who have been faithful. Come on, God is getting ready to open up a door to his treasury. And y'all hear me out because this ain't no prosperity gospel message either. Prosperity gospel says just pray for it, it'll come and you get whatever you want, right? No, no, this says those who did the work of the Lord. Those who were faithful even when it was bad. Those who were faithful when they didn't have it. Those who showed up and served even when they didn't feel like it. Come on. Those who loved even when they didn't feel like loving. Come on. Those who did the work of God are the ones who were blessed in this. So don't be caught. Well, that preacher, he said, I was going to be blessed. I was a treasury of heaven. And, you know, I think he lied to me. <laughs> no, I ain't lie. If you were faithful, it'll happen. If you weren't faithful, don't go looking for the treasury. Just be faithful in this next season and maybe God will give you one. So I ain't lying to you. I just wanted to clear that up. (laughs) All right, I got to hurry. I seriously got to hurry. Amen, amen. Those of you who have been faithful, I want to say this to business owners in this place. I want to say this to people who have a dream and a vision of opening up your own business and doing your own thing. Can I tell you, if you have been faithful in the last season and you've been faithful and you're going to be faithful in 5784, you might want to get ready and open up your coffers. You might want to get ready and start getting ready to expand your tents and expand your territory like Jabez because God is getting ready to open up the treasuries of heaven. God is getting ready to bless you. God is getting ready to send unexpected relationships. 
God is getting ready to send you people to fund your business. There are going to be people that come up. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to make an investment in whatever it is that God's put on your heart. Here's a check. I'm telling you right now, it's true. According to the word of God, may it be so. And I'm closing with this. I need to give you two things as we step into 5784. As we step into God's next. And we'll break these things down more as we go throughout the next couple of weeks. But it's this. Preparation and spiritual sensitivity. Preparation and spiritual sensitivity. How many of y'all remember the story of Zacchaeus? One. Two, three, okay. Come on. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Can we do that for altar call? I'm just kidding. Come on. Zacchaeus was short in stature, but he had heard that Jesus was coming. He, he was short in stature, but he had heard that Jesus was coming. So Zacchaeus climbs a tree and prepares himself for the coming of the Lord. He, he's heard about the miracles. He, he's heard about the healings. He's heard that he picked up another tax collector in Matthew and he's restored and redeemed his life and he set him free and he's no longer a cheat and he's no, no longer uh, uh, guilty of treason, but that now he's a disciple of God. Zacchaeus was a Pharisee as well. But he hears that he's coming and he prepares and climbs a tree. He positioned himself to a place where God could see him, where Jesus could see him and he could see Jesus. Come on. He was wanting to get a glimpse of this one they called the Messiah. And because he positioned himself, something incredible happened. Jesus didn't say, Zacchaeus, come down and eat with me. He told Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Come on, Jesus is getting ready to visit some of our houses for those of us who have prepared the way. Come on, for those of us who have prepared to see him, who have positioned ourselves to see him and want nothing more than the glory of God to show up. Come on, Legacy Church, hear me well this morning. You need to be positioned and get ready for God's new door in your life. Be positioned and ready for the new job. Be positioned and ready for the new assignment. Be positioned and ready for the new door, the new relationship. Get your affairs in order, says the Lord, and get ready to step into your next. Come on, who am I talking to in here? You need to get your affairs in order. You might have to cut some things out. Come on, somebody. You might have to cut some people off. Come on, somebody. You might have to make room for something new. Come on, Jesus says get, you can't put the new wine into the old wineskins, otherwise you're going to burst the old wineskin. You need something new. Come on, some of us in the room have got to make room for what God is getting ready to do in our next. Preparation, there it was. And watch this, I'm closing with this. If we're going to step into the new door, if we're going to step into the right door, it's going to take spiritual sensitivity, a.k.a. discernment. It's going to take discernment. This ties into preparation as well, because watch this. Can I just say this? Doors don't always show up looking like doors. Opportunities sometimes don't always show up looking like opportunities. In 5784, 
it's going to take spiritual sensitivity and discernment to understand the difference between God doors, good doors, and wrong doors. Yeah, I said it, wrong doors. Come on, sin is crouching at your door. But Satan will also try to create wrong doors. And can I say this too? Doors swing both ways. You're also going to have to understand that God is going to shut some doors. Do you remember the text? I open doors that no man can shut and I shut doors that no man can open. This is the season of doors. So you need to be prepared and have spiritual sensitivity and discernment to recognize and know which door you are supposed to go through. Which door is being shut? Which avenue, which opportunity is it that God wants me to go through? Amen. I want to show you the story with you of how I even came to this church. I was getting to go around and preach and I was um, directing BTB and we had just started Miriam House in April of 2020. And I was already really busy. And I had come over to preach for Pastor Randy, who was here at this building before and the church that was here before. And can I just say and be honest, this wasn't the most attractive invite on my list for the year. The first time I had come to his church to preach, my precious mother-in-law was there with us and she ran out the back door. Rightfully so. Some crazy, look, she waving at that one. I'm just going to there was some craziness going on in the church, y'all. There's just craziness going on. I remember uh, there was just chaos and out of order. Look, we spirit-filled around here, but we're going to have order around here. We spirit-filled around here, but we ain't cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Come on, we ain't weird and flaky. God is supernatural, and he does supernatural things. To say that you might not fall over and be slain in the spirit would be ignorant of the supernatural power of God. Amen. The supernatural power of God touches and hits your life. Every time an angel showed up in the physical realm, to a per- they fell down like dead men is what the Bible says. How much more could you fall over under the power and the spirit of God when he shows up and intervenes right in front of you? So we're, we're spiritual We believe in the supernatural. We believe in the gifts of the spirit. I always say this when talking about it, because people trip me out that are sensationists. They say, well, God just stopped doing that. Well, God just stopped being God. Did he fall off his throne or what happened? No, all of these things are still for today, but we need to do them in order. That's why when my mother gave a tongue and an interpretation, usually I explain those things. I didn't today, but she gave a tongue and interpretation. Everything you see in this building, you're going to find in this book. If it ain't in the book, we don't do it. Because the book is the word of God. It's the living word of God. So we want the whole Bible around here. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle for a quarter of it, half of it, three quarters. I want the whole Bible. I want what happened in Jesus' day to happen in mine. Come on, I want to speak in new tongues so I can pray and not run out of things to say and speak mysteries to God. Come on, I want to prophesy. I want to look at somebody who's got cancer and tell them that my God is big enough and good enough to heal you. And my God will set you free if you are dealing with addiction. My God can heal your heart that might be broke from what everybody in the world has done to you and relationships that put you through. My God is still the God of the Bible. 
Hallelujah. I got to get back to my story. Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> but, but it wasn't. So, so there was just all kind of craziness going on. I watched a teenager. He's laying hands on himself. And I'm not even joking with y'all. He literally face planted in the floor and got hurt. And he was doing it over and over again. There was all kind of, it was chaotic. There was no order. And, and what really was dis, disheartening about it is that the Holy Spirit was being blamed for it all. Y'all following me here? I came one time to preach in this building before I had, uh, you know, before we had come to plant the church. I came one time. This was the time before the last time that I'm about to tell you about. But the, the one time I came here and I came and I preached and I cut him a $1,200 check to keep the lights on in this building. Most of the time when you go to preach, they take up an offering for you. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. <laughs> but, but I came and wrote a check because God had told me to sow a seed into this place. The last time I came here, I preached. Nothing crazy went on. It was good that time. Nothing crazy happened. No weird manifestation. And I got done preaching. I jumped in the car with Kelsey and I, and we were pulling out of the parking lot. We hadn't even made it out of the parking lot. I looked over at her, and I said, I don't know why I feel this in my spirit, but we're going to be pastoring in that building one day. Let me tell you, I didn't have no ambition to be a pastor. <laughs> I didn't have no ambition to be a pastor. I was doing the itinerary preaching. I was running around preaching. See, the fun thing about getting to go to different churches and preach, you get to drop the hammer and the bomb, then you get to leave. You don't, you don't got to deal with people problems, no counseling sessions, no, no none of that. You just drop the fire and bam, you're out. <laughs> no ambitions to be a senior pastor. But the Lord dropped that in my spirit. And I looked at her and I said that. And she looked over at me and said, you better hope not. <laughs> I said, Lord, you're going to have to tell her. Cause <laughs> Fast forward a little bit. We're praying. I promise I'm almost done. Please forgive me. But I, I, I was praying. We were praying about this opportunity and coming and planting the church as Canvas Chevyville. I told the board. I met with the board. Uh, Greg remembers this. He was on the board at the time. And I said, I ain't even coming over here unless y'all tell me I can relaunch and I can redo everything here. They said, we just want you to be the pastor. You come here and you can do what you feel the Lord has called you to do. So then we began to pray. So I began to pray. And whenever I was in my living room, this was late. Me and Kelsey had been out shop. It was like a Saturday. We was meeting with Pastor JT the next morning on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, I, I was praying in my living room. It's like 11 o'clock at night. Kelsey's putting Asher to bed, and she was about to come out and pray with me. And the glory of God penetrated my living room. And I do not say this lightly. I don't know that I've ever felt his presence that strong since that day. And I don't know, maybe I'm lying because I feel it in here crazy every week. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was so wet. My head, I was sitting on the, on the couch like this as worship music was playing. And I, was, I, was, I just was like this at first. And then my head just sunk as the glory and the presence of God came down on me. And I heard a few words and God spoke to me and he said this. If you go. I'll send the fire and revival will come. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> a door. Remember 
you, you still got to walk through it. But there, there was a door, and God set it in front of me. And he said, if you go, I'll send the fire, and revival will come. Jesus. Hence, we had this meeting today. <laughs> the glory of God and the fire of God is in this place and in this building because Kelsey and I, even a door that didn't look that attractive. Can I just be honest with you? I had offers to go preach in Florida and one in Missouri at mega churches before I launched this church. But that ain't what God had for me. There was a, there was a door. And you've got to have spiritual sensitivity and discernment to know, is it a God door? Or is it a door of distraction? I really do believe those other two doors, because let me tell you something, them phone calls sounded good. Starting out at 80,000 a year, come on somebody. But it's a good door, but is it a God door? Caleb, can you help me on the keys? There's gonna be doors in this next season, but you're gonna have to be spiritually sensitive Enough to discern what door is it that God is waiting on you to walk through? What opportunity is it that God is wanting you to walk through? I encourage us as the people of God, we got to walk through God doors. And that's going to take discernment. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take Engaging with the power and the presence and the spirit of the living God. Can I just encourage us wrapping this thing up like. This isn't some message or some new series to just get you fired up and excited about God's yes doors promise access new things new level. This is for real. This is God's word. This is. His calendar. This is what he is speaking to God's people through his word. And we ask the people of God, if we will be in tune with the spirit, be in tune with what God is doing. We're getting ready to walk through some doors this year that will change our lives forever. Please hear me out. That is not to just get you excited and provoke you to come to church. I'm telling you with every fiber of my being that God wants to and is ready and is willing to do something with you incredible this year. But will you walk through the door? He's opening it. There's an open invitation. There's an open invitation to the sanctuary. There's an open invitation to your dwelling place. God wants to wreck your household. He wants to wreck your children. He wants to have encounters with your family in this new year that you've never experienced before. He wants to baptize your kids in spirit and fire. Come on, out of the mouths of babes is what the word says. Come on, God wants to do incredible things with us this year is there anybody that says in this place i'm ready and i'm willing to walk through the god doors come on is there anybody in the house that says that
Come on, would you stand with me on your feet?